welcome in here on this Monday afternoon. All right, we have a couple stories that sort of go together. Uh, one was asking restaurant diners about the things that they carry care the most about in restaurants. It's not what you would think, <laughs> weirdly, which is why we'll talk about it. And then coming up, we got a list of the most annoying things that people do in grocery stores. So get ready with that. <laughs> oh, I've got my list ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of people do. So feel free to get ready uh, to come in with those. But I want to talk about the story first about um, the survey said that only 44% of restaurant customers say the thing they care about the most in a restaurant is the food. That's a low number. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would okay. figure that that would be the top, right? That everybody would care. Hey, we're going to this restaurant. The food's awesome. No, that apparently we care a whole lot more about what the place looks like inside than we do about the food that's put in front of us when we get there. So this was a poll of 1,000 American consumers and 1,000 small business owners and hospitality workers. They found that when it comes to restaurants, cleanliness ranks higher in importance than having a variety of menu options or how cheap it is. And then they've got all kinds of things that give you a sign of what makes a place clean, how you know it's clean. They're looking at the tables, how clean the plates are, and the cutlery. And yeah, another thing that they added in was how often while you're dining, do you see somebody clean something? You know, do you see somebody do, when when the busboy comes, does he just take the plates off of the table next to you or does he wipe the table down too? that we pay attention to that stuff, even if it's not necessarily, you know, scoping it out with eagle eyes, watching every move that everybody makes. That has an effect when you see people out there cleaning. What you're thinking is. Well, if I see this, that means they always do that. This place is probably a pretty clean place to eat. So the cleanliness thing comes up a lot in other parts of the survey. I'd love to know who did the survey. Was it was it a cleaning company? Because that's that's the way it skews. Yeah. Is it that it says cleanliness is the top factor? Also, that people consider when choosing somewhere to stay for vacation. It's the top reason respondents wouldn't go back to any kind of business, followed by other things like quality concerns and poor customer service. I hesitate to ask this question over the lunch hour, but feel free to share with us your stories of the not so sanitary things you have witnessed in a restaurant or other business, but I think particularly restaurant or hotels is where it becomes a bigger deal to yeah. us. And if you have worked in any of those places and you want to tell us the things we're going to wish we didn't know, feel free to get in here without doubt. And to answer your question, by the way, about who commissioned the study, it was done by a group. Uh, it was commissioned by a group called P and G professional, and they're not a cleaning company. They, they have nothing really? to do okay. with that. They they're just kind of a consultant to the food service and hospitality industries. So, okay. These are important numbers for them and there's no reason for them to skew them one way or the other necessarily. Uh, it was done by a market research company or market research society in one poll. So okay. this seems to be a pretty trustworthy. Uh, this is objective then. Yeah. Okay. And I think that, I mean, the, the reason is obvious. We look around the dining room and think if they're not keeping the dining room clean, what's the kitchen look like? Never, ever watch Kitchen Nightmares. No. Which is the Gordon Ramsay show. Um, actually do watch it because it's incredibly entertaining. But if you know how the show works, this is where Gordon Ramsay goes in and fixes restaurants. You call him and he will come in. And one of the, the first thing he does is he has a meal to see what he's dealing with. And then he goes into the kitchen and sometimes he goes into the walk-in. Oh. And that's where, that's always where the worst offenses are is in the walk-in because it's always about raw chicken with cooked chicken 
or raw chicken that's been sitting there for too long. Just you, you'd be amazed at how many things can go wrong in a refrigerated space. Yeah. And with walking with walking coolers, it's one thing with walking freezers. I would imagine it's probably just as bad because yeah. how many times do they get cleaned? You know, you, never. Right. right <laughs> never exactly. is what we learned. Un, unless like once a year, maybe, you know, you shut down everything and go in it because you have to take everything out of the freezer to be able to clean it and shut it off. Well, you've always got frozen food in there. When do you ever have time that you can just take all the stuff out of the freezer? And if stuff is dripping yeah. from mm. one shelf to the next, same thing with, I mean, refrigerators don't get cleaned in a lot of places. Ovens don't, I mean, stoves don't get cleaned. And it's because it takes a lot of time. My first week in Nashville, when I was living there on my own, because my wife and sons had not yet moved, my ex-wife now, but my wife at the time and sons had not yet moved up. So I was there for about three months on my own, just kind of scoping the place out, looking for a place to live. And my first week there I wandered into a, a Chinese buffet, and mm -hmm. buffets have their own problems anyway. But mm -hmm. I walked into this place, and it was lunch hour, and I was alone, which should have immediately made me turn around and walk out. I did not, yeah. and I ate, and, and the food was bleh. I mean, it was Chinese buffet food, but it was really on the lower end. My mm -hmm. second week in Nashville, they shut that place down because of the rats invading the kitchen. And my third week in Nashville, they knocked the place to the ground. Wow. Yeah. I'm, well, you got in just under the wire. I, then. I'm great when it comes to choosing new restaurants. <laughs> I'm great. awesome. You should always listen to me. Yeah. Go check out the bathroom first is what I would tell you about the ho about a hotel idea. or a restaurant. And yes. if the bathroom is clean, there's a good chance the kitchen and everything else is clean. If they're if they're really taking care of the bathroom, that's a good sign. We'll go to uh, Ashley to kick things off in this hour in Kansas. Hello, Ashley. Hey, guys. Um, I was eating at a Mexican restaurant in the Northland that used to be there. It's not. It was there for 40 years. It's gone now. But um, it was Taco Tuesday, and so I had ordered tacos. Bit into one of my tacos, and it had a piece of the metal from the little uh, spiral scrubbies that you get. Oh, wow. Tacos. Wow. Yeah. And then they asked me if they could bring me another taco. No, no, you cannot. <laughs> no. no. You only get to feed me steel wool once. <laughs> Did you tell them? Did you tell them what was in there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I showed okay. it to her because it was in my mouth when I found it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, not cool. And in hotels, the first thing, whenever I go, I stay by myself. Ever since this happened, I've always stayed at Holiday Inns because I don't have a problem with them. But uh, I pulled back I pulled back all the bed covers to look at the sheets before I will even set my luggage down most of the time. And there was a hair in the middle of the sheet. Yep. That was not from somebody's head. <laughs> so, what, what do you mean? <laughs> walked, yeah, walked into a hotel one time and checked the sheets. Everything was fine. Walked into the bathroom. There was a used bar of soap sitting on the side of the tub. Oh, wow. No, I'm not. They offered to change my room. No, no, I'm not. I'm gone. That's, yep. uh, yeah, I'm just not going to be by myself, and I'm going to be worried about bed bugs all night and oh god what else did they not get if they missed this use you know I, I, again I, I hesitate to say this because i don't want to gross anybody out but that's becoming more of a not just the bed bug problem but you mentioned pulling the sheets back and taking a look at the sheets that are under there yeah. how many people are now checking into hotel and motel rooms and they pull those sheets back and there's blood speckles on them from bed yeah, bugs I'm 
I'm not doing that. And that was what we just went to uh, North Carolina to visit my stepson. We stayed in Greensboro, North Carolina. The day after I got back, the uh, report came out about it being the bed bug capital of the United States. Yep. Oh. So, yeah, I was thrilled about that. I've been washing everything in very hot water ever since because I don't do bugs. But anyway, those are my quick stories. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks Ashley. Ashley. Appreciate it. What a way to start here. Um, yeah. Is it a black light that will show you what's everything. on the sheets? Yeah. That's not a bad idea to take with you and just take a look. Yep. They have, um, in fact, there are flashlights that are just regular flashlights that you can keep mm -hmm. in a purse. They're not big. And you can use them as regular flashlights, but they also have a black light built into them. Um, they're Amazon. handy as heck. This is how I end up spending <laughs> yeah. money. We keep talking about my I Amazon cart. This I, is what happens. I wish I could remember the name of them, but yeah, you can switch it back and forth between regular, it's like a, a little it mag is. light, the mini yeah. mag. Um, let's see, 11 bucks. Boy, they're they're highly rated. There yep. are a bunch of them. Yep. Oh, cool! What a great. Pardon me for a moment while I make a purchase. <laughs> because yeah, I mean anything I can do to help. But yeah, I, I saw that and thought, what a brilliant idea. Because who's going to buy just a black light flashlight to have on mm -hmm. them? But if it works as a regular flashlight too, then why not? Eight dollars, you can get one. Not bad. A mini version. I'll have it tomorrow. <laughs> Let's run off to Melissa in Kansas City in the meantime. Hi, Melissa. Hi. How are you? Doing fine. Doing fine. What have you got for us? Um, I've been a housekeeper, um, since I was 16, I've been years now, I've been an inspector as well. And there are just some things that whether you're inspecting a room of housekeepers that you're going behind, they don't do a good job. You have to be on top of them every minute. I don't even stay in motels myself because what I've seen over the years, whether it be a big motel, whether it be a small motel, Things that you just, I've come across two dead bodies doing housekeeping. Whoa. I mean, mm-hmm. It's, it's, and there's, and they just, the one in Kansas, I, I quit. I didn't work at very long. There was bed bugs in one of the rooms, and I had never known what a bed bug was. And the guy went down the front desk and said, I've got these bites all over me. And he, bl she blamed it. My manager blamed it on him and said, well, we'll just move you to another room told me that if I was asked about it, just to play dumb. So, you know, I, yeah, years and years of, you know, I've, I've been dietary aid. I've done a lot of cooking in places as well. And it's just, it is just hit and miss if those people go by guidelines or not. What would you, to, to Jamie's point about looking in the bathroom and all of that, what would you tell people to be on the lookout for, given your experience? What's an indication that they're not doing anything right? Um, the, okay, when you go into a motel, you have you pull the sheets back, you got that light cover that's on the sheets, then you got that decorative duvet or whatever the heck they call it. Mm -hmm. Pull that off. It's it's not clean. Go down and ask yeah. for a fresh one because they do they never not wash clean them. those on a regular basis. Okay, that's the, great the advice. Towels, the, the towels, the linen, all that is usually clean because you can't get past that. But my my advice is to y'all when you go to a motel, take that top cover off. Do not use it. It's not clean. Okay, excellent, Melissa. Thank you. Yeah, that's again the things you would never think of, and yet somebody in the industry knows better. John, they make a, the headlamp version of that light, Dude, which I'm really? not buying, <laughs> but feels very CSI. Yeah, no, no Take kidding. Take that with me and wear it around my head. Yeah, you can. Well, you know, it'll do double duty. You can wear it when you're mining.
<laughs> yes, that would be the only other thing <laughs> that I would use it for. Yeah. All right. Nine one three five eight six seven seven eight eight. Still to come, the most annoying things that people do in grocery stores. Get these coming in. We'll get to that coming up here in KMBZ. Welcome back in here on a Monday afternoon. Um, so this was this wasn't a big survey. There weren't a thousand people surveyed and asked. This was just in general, kind of putting out there. What are the most annoying things that you see in the grocery store? Some of these answers are absolutely spectacular. And the one that keeps coming up over and over and over again is the one that you said as soon as you heard Jamie ask the question <laughs> leading into the break, uh, which is blocking the aisle. Get a move on or at least understand that you take up space in the world and move over to one side of the aisle. Don't stand there and talk to your friend. Don't stand there and talk on your phone or text on your phone. Just don't stand there in the middle of the aisle. So I'm ready for people to, again, open the conversation of eating a thing before you buy the thing. Mm -hmm. Because that's on this list, too. Yep. Seeing so, In fact, I saw it. Now I notice it all the time in a way that I never used to because that's on here. Um, yeah, a lot of these are about blocking the aisle and just not noticing when someone's come. I'm okay with you standing there with your cart. Sometimes I'm decisive, indecisive too. You know, there are a lot of tortillas out there to choose from. I mean, you gotta, you gotta kind of look at them. Just be aware of the people around you. I'm a frequent leave the cart at the end of the aisle, go explore the aisle kind of person because I don't want to drag it with me. Yep. And so that way I leave it out of the way. At least you move it out of the way and put it right yeah. next to the shelves. Sure. And if somebody has to move it a foot or two because they want something that's behind it, okay, I'm cool with that. That's fine. Right. But that, at least that gets it out of the way. Um, I will mention the thing that generally annoys me in, more, in most places, but I really seem to notice in the grocery store. My ears are very sensitive to someone being on speakerphone in public. Yeah. And I don't like, for, for some reason, in a grocery store, like what is the conversation that is so incredibly important Number one, that you have to have it while you're grocery shopping. And I get, I'm ready for people to say, well, not everybody hears well and you hear better if it's on speakerphone. To which I would say, get, this is why I have six different kinds of earbuds for that reason, so that the sound is closer to my ear. There's just something about hearing both sides of a conversation <laughs> that is absolutely maddening. Yeah. And it, the, you know, some of this takes us out into the parking lot as well. And there's one thing that, well, there's, there's actually two things that, I feel like need some mention here. Number one is, and I'm not talking about right up by the store where the crosswalks are. I'm talking about once you get past that and are in the aisle, taking your stuff back to the car or walking into the store, you are the one who needs to be on the lookout. People are backing out of parking spaces. Yes. If, if, pay attention. And yeah. I think a lot of that has to do with walking through, looking at the cell phone as well. Pay attention. Don't walk behind my car if you see that I'm already halfway backed out of the spot. The other one is, if there's slant parking, don't go the <laughs> wrong way down the aisle. Oh. I've done that by, on accident a couple of times. I've yeah. never done it on purpose, but I've occasionally... There's a high V on State Line Road that has that, that angled parking. And for some reason, because it's not a massive lot, I have been known to occasionally do that. <laughs> just drives me crazy. When I'm going down the aisle trying to get to a parking space and I see somebody turn in towards me and I'm going, what are you doing? Come on. Have you not figured this out yet? Because And the other thing is when you, when there's like, when there's regular, uh, what is that? Perpendicular, I guess, parking, just where the spots aren't slanted. You can, if the spot in front of you is empty, you can pull all the way through. 
Right. That's fine. If you do that on slant parking, it forces you to go the wrong way when you get out. Yes. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I don't do that. Um, the thing that would annoy me if I worked in a grocery store, and we haven't talked about this a lot, is the people that you go get an item and then you reach the checkout, whether it's self-checkout or the person is standing there. And for some reason, you decide you don't want it. It's different if you give it to the checker when they scan it and they're like, hey, this thing is 10 bucks and you thought it was five because they will then hand it off to somebody to put it away. Yeah. If I worked in a grocery store, it would make me crazy the people that just drop that thing anywhere, especially if it's a refrigerator. If you buy, if you got milk <laughs> and you leave it with the gum right. or you leave it in the canned food aisle uh -huh. where it clearly doesn't belong. And it's amazing how lazy some people are and yes. do that. Yeah, I always will. T if I don't, if I figure out that I don't need it or don't want it, mm -hmm. I'll take it back to where I got it and put it back. Yeah. One one more parking lot thing, real quick, because I know we've got uh, we got Dakota to get to, but we, we're about ready to get to the bottom of the hour. This isn't so much in uh, grocery stores as it is like at gas stations, Quick Trip or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Is if you pull in and park, don't open your car door until you're ready to get out of the car. Yeah. I have, and same thing with when you get in the car, open the door, get in, shut the door, and then put all your stuff down. The number of times that I go into a pull into a parking space and the idiot next to next to that spot has the driver's door open for like five minutes and won't shut it. Let people in. Just pay attention to what you're doing. Okay, we got to get to a break. Dakota, <laughs> hang on. I know a lot of you are texting in as well because the more we talk about it, the more you all are thinking of these. Feel free to give us a call. We'll get to your calls next here on KMBZ. Talking about the most annoying things that bother you in grocery stores. We have got a list that would take us days to go through. <laughs> Let's go to Kansas City and go to Dakota. Hello, Dakota. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing well. What do you think? <laughs> so, uh, to your guys' point, the phones are an issue, like, especially the people that just have their nose in the phone the entire time they're walking, not paying attention to anything, yep. just walking through traffic. But my biggest pet peeve is... When people don't return their shopping cart, you can walk two miles through the store, but you can't take two steps to return it. <laughs> Ten feet to go to the cart corral, <laughs> yes. Uh-huh, absolutely. And it's just so thoughtless, you know? It, like, the, that 10 seconds of my time is worth more than any inconvenience to you. I've seen it so bad where someone has parked next to the cart corral and put their cart on the other side of their car. <laughs> In an open space. Yeah, isn't that why you park next to that thing in the first place? <laughs> oh, love it. Right, have Dakota, a good day, guys. Thanks, thanks. You do the same. <laughs> yeah, um, this is, if you're going to be lazy about it, this is why when I'm at Aldi sometimes, I will, because I it, sometimes I feel lazy and I don't want to go back and return the cart. So I will just make sure that my bags are balanced on my, on my shoulders so yeah. that I can carry them out to the car, even if it's weighing me down a lot, leave the cart and then just hurry up and, and go back. I, I like it when you pull in to the parking lot and you see, like, if the parking lot's half empty, you'll see that one little median strip at the end of an aisle of cars, and it's got nothing but uh, the front wheels of a bunch of carts that are flipped up on it so they don't roll away, and it looks like a bunch of animals eating it or, you know, drinking it in an oasis, you know? <laughs> They're just mm -hmm. all there getting their nourishment for the day. It's like, take them back. Put them in the cart corral. Joanne is up next with us out of Kansas. Hello, Joanne. Hi. Hey there. It's Joni, actually. Oh, I'm sorry. 
Um, I have a restaurant pet peeve that really grosses me out. Um, when the server puts your glass or your cup down on the table and they have their fingers where your mouth goes. <laughs> yeah. Or or even worse, really down. It grosses me out. Yeah. Just, yeah, I don't even want to drink out of it after that. Or if they've got their finger down in your drink. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Love it, Joan. Uh-huh. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Got to be careful about that. Pick the glass up around the bottom and put it down on the table. I need to keep my brain out of restaurants because now my brain is going back to more things that annoy me at restaurants. And <laughs> they're not all about cleanliness. Um, and some of you are admitting to some of these things that we have been talking about also. Uh, yeah. And the, the other thing is at the grocery store, when you're when you're checking out, like there's only so much you can do if you, if they're checking you out. If you go to a place that's not a self checkout and they're scanning the groceries, you can't make them scan any faster. What you can do is get ready to pay. And to keep things moving along a little bit, I would request that if there are people in a line, that the person in front doesn't just you know do an array of things and like spread all of their stuff out as far as part as it possibly can mm-hmm. pile it together be efficient about it put the little bar down so the person behind you can do the same thing instead of just throwing stuff on the conveyor yes yeah have some forethought about the whole thing and make the whole system more efficient but if they get done checking you out and they say okay that'll be 58 dollars and 78 cents and then you open your purse or reach for your wallet. It's like, why you've been standing there for ten minutes. Why didn't you have that out and ready to go? Nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. Julie's next up out of Florida. Hi, Julie. Hey, how are you? Doing fine. What's going on uh, down in the land of the crazies? Land of the well, yeah, you say that, but <laughs> what makes me crazy is people who won't put their carts in the cart stalls. Yeah, they leave them in the middle of the street or behind your car, or parked up on a curb, take it where they tell you to take it. Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing how often that's coming up on the text line, on the phones, and yet that wasn't even part of the the survey that they took here. That didn't come up. It's problematic down in Florida, I can tell you that. Oh, yeah, it is everywhere. Rolling around everywhere, and they end up running into your cars, pain in the butt. Yep. Anyway, mm-hmm. you guys have a great day up there. Julie, thanks. Thanks, Julie. Should more places do it like Aldi, where in order to get a cart, you got to put a quarter in? And then you get it back when you take it. And then the... you get it back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would solve a lot of that. I mean, it also for them is a labor issue because then they don't have to run around the parking lot getting all your carts. They're just all right there. But it is is it as simple as a quarter? We just should do it all like Aldi does. Yeah. Make make sure you have some skin in the game so that you yeah. do what you're supposed to do in the first place. Yeah, I'm trying to remember or just you know trying to think if if there's anything else that's really bothersome to me while I'm walking through and usually it's just efficiency. I want to get in and out yeah. as quickly as I can. So anybody who stands in my way needlessly, mm-hmm. you know whether it's physically standing in my way or just you know, making slowing things down for everybody else. You would think that we would all have that ability to realize what we're doing, yet we don't. Yes. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for getting in here. Uh, we appreciate it. Okay. The Today Show had this story this morning, and um, I noticed this over the weekend. I mean, it was nice out yesterday, but it wasn't 80. I don't know what temperature it needs to be to comfortably wear shorts. For some people, it's a lower temperature than others. But there were people that were out at two in the afternoon yesterday in shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> and why? And they were all young men and boys, weren't they? Yeah, it's always guys. Yep. It, it's always guys. 
And that's what the Today Show hit on and said, it's freezing, but boys just want to wear shorts. Should you let them? I don't know the reason for it. I mean, other than just comfort, because the shorts that I do have, I wear jeans most everywhere, but the shorts that I do have are really comfortable. I mean, they're gym shorts. You know what I mean? They're they're just the most comfortable thing in the world. So even if it's cold out, if I'm going somewhere where I know either I'm going to pick up stuff at the drive-thru where I'm never going to get out of the car or even just run into QT or something like that, that's only going to take me five seconds to get from the door of the car to the inside the store, then, yeah, I'll I'll stay in my shorts. You're a grown adult. Do what you want. (laughs) But what is it about boys that that we really see it a lot with with kids? Um, And the story got into a couple of reasons that might exist for why they actually would wear shorts more. But if you're a parent, where do you draw the line? Where do you say, I don't care, I'm mom and dad and you're not? Yeah, because they're, they're talking about boys in this story that are out playing in the snow. I mean, they're, they're right. outside for an extended period of time. Yeah. One of the things they talked about was boys feel warmer, that testosterone keeps them warmer, body hair keeps them warmer, and so their, their body temperature just kind of runs warmer. Some of it I feel like is machismo, even for the boys. Yeah, look what I can take it. Yeah. Come on, make yeah. it colder. I'm fine. Yeah. I whatever. Okay. <laughs> if, if that's what you got to do to prove your <laughs> to I, prove your tough, go for it. I don't I, okay, I I think that's probably some of it because especially with boys, anything you do is going to be to try to up your status in the group dynamic. You've got to be uh-huh. the toughest of the time. So I think that's part of it, but I also think based on my experience with four of them when they, when they were younger, that a lot of it is just huh? When you say, what are you doing outside? It's 30 Uh degrees and you're wearing shorts. They'll go, oh, yeah. Like they had, it just never occurred to them. Why are my legs freezing? Uh huh. Okay. I mean, I'll I'll take your word for it. I certainly don't have the experience with it. Um, I get grief a lot for not wearing a coat. And when I say grief, I mean the, the women in my life usually, or the mother like figures in my life will often say to me, why aren't you wearing a coat? Um, I don't, I just don't usually, and it's not because I'm not cold or that I don't recognize what temperature it is. It's that I don't like to drive with a coat on. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. And I usually am not parked very far. And if it's cold out, I'll just walk faster. I usually, every coat I own by the end of winter will be in my backseat because I'll wear it to walk out to wherever my car is. And I'll wear a coat if I'm outside for a while. Otherwise I'd rather just not deal with it. Yeah. And, and see, a lot of the coats that I do have, I don't have that many. I've only got a few, but they're mostly leather. And when mm-hmm. you wear that, I've got one in particular that I absolutely love. It's like an Italian racing jacket, like the leather coat that's got the snap across the neck and all of that. Mm-hmm. It's a great jacket, but uh, when it's really, really cold out, it gets stiff. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to not wear a winter coat all winter, but I have a really good waterproof jacket. Mm-hmm. That I, in fact, I, I bought it like for being in the snow and stuff like that. And it's it's bigger than it needs to be, but it's a good outer layer. I'd rather layer. I'd rather have that because it's lightweight, but yep. but doesn't absorb the water than anything else. Sure. And, and with me, it's usually a sweatshirt. It's I'll wear a T-shirt or two, and then I'll wear a sweatshirt over top of that. That way, if I'm in the car and I got the heater on and it's warm in there, I can just whip off the sweatshirt, go back down to my two T-shirts, and I'm good. All right. So, parents, what do you do when you, if you can explain it to me? 
And what do you do when your son, it was really cold here the last few weeks. I mean, cold enough that we didn't have school. So what do you do when your son, and if you want to throw ages out to me, says to you, I just want to wear shorts. What's what's the line there? Uh, We'll take a break. We'll get to your comments on this next on KMBZ. Quick note here. A couple of airlines had already added more flights for the Super Bowl. This always happens right before the Super Bowl when they find out what the teams are and where the fans are going to be coming from. Uh, We already knew about American and United, and now Delta has added some flights to its schedule, and so is Southwest. I saw the story 15 minutes ago. I looked on Southwest's website real fast to see how much the prices were going for. They're already sold out. Wow. Okay. No, let me rephrase that. The lowest two levels of fare for them are not available. Um, There are four levels of airfare on Southwest for the life of me. I can't tell you what the middle three are because I always get the cheapest one. The want to get away fares are always the cheapest one. It's the third level up that you can still get for some of those at $800 each way. (laughs) That is what you would like to spend on Southwest. But if you're sitting on a ton of points or something, I guess this could be a time that you could use. You could use some of those points. Get those free upgrades, no doubt. Uh, Delta is, let's see, let me go back here for a second. Um, Delta's adding flights from Kansas City to Vegas on February 8th and 9th, and then return flights on Monday the 12th, several of them. Southwest added three nonstops on the 9th and one on the 10th, and then four nonstops back to Kansas City on Monday the 12th. My advice is if you're looking for cheaper flights, stay longer. What kind of drive is that? You know, I wondered that earlier also. Yeah, um, let's 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 see Are if you, we can find out. Colin, also, can you help us out with the uh, the Google map there? Um, I also have absolutely no idea if Amtrak goes anywhere near there. But so I don't think so. Somebody else asked me that this weekend, and okay. I do not think that that's that's true. Um, do, do, do directions from I know, my house to Las Vegas. I, I know that uh, you know with Amtrak they they go south a lot. I mean you mm-hmm. can get to like Phoenix, you can get to San Diego, Flagstaff, that area. But I think that uh, Las Vegas may be a little too far north. Twenty hours. Twenty hour drive. drive. Oof. Yep. Boy, that's hefty. I've I've done longer though to get to a Super Me Bowl. Too. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, there's no easy way to do it. There's just no. I mean, you're either going through Denver and uh, through Utah and down to St. George, or you're going Albuquerque, Flagstaff, and up and around. Okay. I would almost look at, um, can you, this is where I say, can you fly into Phoenix for cheaper and drive up to Las Vegas? Can you fly into LAX for cheaper and drive up to Las Vegas? My guess those, or Salt Lake City, or you know, somewhere else that's closer, and then do the rest of the drive, or go like Thursday to Tuesday. If yeah. you can work remotely or something. Oh, definitely. Yeah, right. Because the, the longer you make it, if you can fly out in the middle of the week and fly back in the middle of the week, yeah, that's going to save you a couple of bucks. We keep looking. I can't even imagine what Super Bowl tickets are going for. But yeah, the, and, and hotels. I mean, you still got to gas, rental car, hotel. You still got to you still got to eat. You got to do all that stuff still. Uh, yeah, and still trying to see. Uh, yeah, the train actually is an option. Oh, two, is it? Okay. 200, 200 bucks to get there. Um, and that would get you, uh, yeah, the dates aren't good though. So yeah, you'd have to do much more, you know, kicking around the site, but apparently it is possible to get to Las Vegas from here. It just takes some doing. Yeah. Somebody just said, check out prices out of Wichita. Yeah. See what it's like to fly out of Wichita or <laughs> Omaha or Des Moines or God forbid St. Louis. If you want to dare do that, here's, here's, Whatever. The, here's the deal with, with the train. It's a 30 hour train ride. It departs at 10 42 PM <laughs> on Friday and gets you in Sunday, February 18th at 3 10 AM. 
Does it go to like Seattle first or something? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I think I think they just make a lot of stops. But yeah, that's uh, boy, and that's mixed service. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means you have to change. Oh, it that's uh, train and bus. Oh, gosh. Man, just drive it. At that point, Uh you'll get there faster. Yep, because, yeah, you would take the Southwest Chief for most of it, but then you you get a connecting van operated by by Vegas Airporter that takes you the last three hours of the the trip. They should add, they can't add trains, but they could add vans. Yep. You know, add, add vans for that last connection. Oh, hey, and look at that. You get to transfer from the train to the bus in Kingman, Arizona, the home of the plot to uh, take down the Oklahoma City Murrah building. <laughs> really? Yeah. <That's>... I mean, <laughs> always something great coming out of Kingman, Arizona. Hey. You know, watching it on TV is pretty nice, too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and free I, for the most part. Boy, my living room is going to be the most comfortable place in the world come Super Bowl Sunday. All the snacks you can handle. Yep. All right, uh, while we have a couple more minutes here to talk about sports, uh, there has been an update a little bit in the safety effort when it comes to hockey. Yeah, USA Hockey took a big step. Um, They're mandating now for the upcoming season that anybody under the age of 18 has to wear neck protection. This is something that we had kind of, you know, the NHL is always going to be the last one to adopt any of this stuff. But mm-hmm. when you're when you're having to protect kids, when the incident happened last year where a player overseas caught a skate blade to the neck and died as a result of that. I mean, we've had those kinds of injuries in the NHL before, but to the best of my knowledge, nobody's ever died from it. Clint Malarchik is probably the most serious, uh, and he lived that uh, as soon as that happened, we thought, okay, this is this is what's going to turn the page as far as neck protection. We were right. So USA Hockey governs everything except professional hockey in the United okay. States. Okay. Is it the kind of thing where now that USA Hockey has done it, I know you said the NHL will be last, but is the NHL now more? Because at least the other players get more used to having that as a rule. Yeah, what I think is probably likely to happen is that, and I, I'm not sure, I'd have to, Wink Starrett would know, uh, how much USA Hockey has to do, if anything, with college hockey. And I don't think they do. I think those are two separate things. But now that USA Hockey has done it, I would expect colleges to go next, maybe start to see it at the juniors level where guys are getting paid, but they're not getting paid much. Um, and and then maybe the NHL. But, I mean, that kind of thing could take 10 years. Okay. Well, this step didn't take that long, at least. No, so. it, and I think what it'll do is it'll take all of the kids who are uh, you know getting into hockey, the 7- and 8-year-olds who are starting right now, by the time they're of an age to go into the NHL, the few of them that will do that, they will have been playing with neck protection their entire career. It won't bother them. Right, right. And so so this is, yeah, that makes sense that then they would start that young. Um, I have never been to Crater of Diamonds State Park in Murfreesboro, Arkansas. But if you don't know this, I think you pay a fee to get in. I don't think it's a lot. And you get to just kind of go and hunt for diamonds. And I know it's a weird concept, but that's what it is. And every few months, we'll hear about someone really getting a biggie, and that has happened. And boy, did this guy do it. Yeah. And I love what he's going to do with it, too. So he went, uh, he's, uh, again, from out of the country. He came to the United States specifically to go to this state park in Arkansas and start looking for diamonds. So he went out and he bought a cheap beginner's hunting for diamonds kit, did a little digging, and he said he got tired 
because doing that kind of digging can really take it out of you. So when he got tired, he just started wandering the park. Now, right now is the time to do it because they had a lot of rain and that washed a lot of the surface dirt off. So things are starting to surface now that wouldn't normally be. So he just started walking the park, just looking down. And because he knew what to look for, he picked up a seven carat plus diamond. Now, it's a dark brown diamond, which is not terribly desirable, although more so now than they used to be. Mm-hmm. And he named it after his girlfriend. Aww. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and is now saying what he's going to do is have it divided in half and then polished up and cut and all of that and give one of them to his girlfriend and one of them to his daughter. It's very sweet. Yeah, yeah it is very cool. But the story that I have doesn't tell me how much the diamond is worth. No, um, I didn't see they that They said it's... The average gumdrop candy size. Yeah. Um, and is round like a marble. Uh, he said it had rained a few days before his visit, and that helped yep. to expose what was there because it kind of wears away everything else. Right. Yeah, and so he just got lucky and didn't even have to dig for that when he just saw it sitting there on the ground. Very cool. All right, we'll take a break. Coming up, we have news to get to about Elon Musk and Twitter, also known as X. Get to that coming up here on KMBZ.